Shabbos is Friday. I believe it's Chov Zayin Tammuz. Zach Tammuz. The 27th day in Tammuz. Tomorrow is Shabbos and Vorchem Menachem of. And it's also Matas Masse, um, which is of Rish Chazak. What should be pointed out, or at least I will point out, is that in a way this is the end of the Teda. Because remember, it's the end of the Teda. Because Sefer Dvarim is Mishnah Teda. Sefer Teda is a, rep- is a repetition. And the Gemara says, Meishem, Epiat, Meikosre, that Dvarim Meishem Rabbeinu wrote on his own. In other words, there's so many different opinions about how this is understood. But in one way or another, Dvarim is separate from the other four Svarim of the Tadis, and there's Nafke means Allah There's practical differences between Sefer Dvarim and the other four Svarim, and how the Tadis is learned. The first four Svarim are considered, for lack of words, holier, which means they're less comprehensible. You have to accept it more. Sefer Dvarim is considered more down to earth, and like I'm telling you, there's Nafke means in Allah. So, in a way, this is a significant event, and it always occurs in the three weeks, and in conjunction usually with the nine days. Always with the nine days, you finish Pashas Masay, either Shabbos Mavarchim or the very beginning of Menachem. Of is uh, Matis Masay, you're finishing the Teder. And of course, therefore, Matis Masay discusses the end of the road, the journey. Our Pasha begins, Pashas Masay begins, Eila Masay B'nei Yisrael Shosu Meret Mitzrayim. These are the journeys that the Jewish people took when they left Egypt. That it says, Forty-two journeys. Jewish people left Egypt, it took them forty-two trips to arrive in Adin And as you know, the Holy Vashemtiv says that these forty-two journeys that are described in the Pasha that are connected with an historic event are the life of a person. Every day from the Maidani until the Biyotka Afriruchi. At the end of the day, those that from Meidani until we say Shema Shalamita, right? You tell the Abish in the evening, I'm giving you back my nefesh. You gave me my soul in the morning, right? At night, you tell the Abish, I'm giving you back my Ruchi, my Nishama, and you're going to kill Lamis. In the morning, I'm going to get back, you're going to be trustworthy. They translate Great is your trustworthiness. I don't know what trustworthiness is, but what it means is grace is your reliability. You can trust Eibishter. You give me an Ashom at night, you get back the same one in the morning, and that's Miedani Lavanecha, and that's Miyad Chaaf Kedruchi. So the Baal Shem Tev says, in a day you have 42 journeys. And the Baal Shem Tev also says, in a lifetime you have 42 journeys. From the moment the child is born, until the final, what's called Hachzorah HaPikodin, the returning of the Pikodin. The safekeeping that Eibishter gives each one of us, which is our Ashom, is also 42 journeys. And, says the Baal Shem Tev, the entire history of the Jewish people and of the whole world is also 42 journeys. Al Yad Yerech. 42 journeys from the moment you leave Egypt until Mashiach Tzedkeinu comes. But I want to observe. The 42 journeys don't bring you into Eretz Yisrael. They bring you to the precipice. They bring you to the border. Going into Eretz Yisrael is the 43rd journey. The 42 journeys gets you to the door of going into Eretz Yisrael, but the fortitude journeys himself, even the last one, is Al You're on the river Jordan. The Jordan opposite Yereche, Jericho, but you haven't crossed over. So the life of a person is 42 journeys. The history of the world is 42 journeys. The day of a person is 42 journeys. And that's how the Teda finishes. The Teda finishes with the idea of, of the journey. My, in other words, if we're going to accept my initial hypothesis, which is that in a very significant way, Ma, Pasha's Mas'e, this week's Pasha, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak is the end of the Teda. It's understood why the very last Pasha in the Teda discusses the journey. Now in this final Pasha, which discusses the journey, Pasha's Mas'e, and it's the journey of the everyday, it's the journey of a lifetime, it's the journey of our history, the issues discussed are very precise, of course, and very significant and very meaningful. In other words, if we accept that Masay is the end of the Torah, and therefore it is a Sach Hakel, it's a summary of the whole Torah, and a, a, a map of life and of history, the details discussed in Pasha's Masay become extraordinarily important. 
Now Parshish Masay has a lot of very important things. Much of Parshish Masay discusses what happens when you cross over into Etisla, when you finally come into the Holy Land, come into the Promised Land. Which means, I suppose, the 42 journeys are over, and you're making the 43rd journey, you're coming into Etisla, to the Holy Land. It talks about how to go into Etisla. Now, I suppose, this is how you have to understand it. Since Parshish Masay that talks about the 42 journeys, is klolosopratus, which means it exists on many levels. You have the 42 journeys in a day. You have the 42 journeys in a lifetime. You have the 42 journeys in all of history. So therefore, even when a person finishes the journey and comes into Eretz Yisrael, the journey is not finished. In other words, if in one day, a person travels his 42 journeys and he's ready to cross over Eretz Yisrael, compared to the next day, that cycle is not yet perfect. Which of course explains that even after Yidin go into Eretz Yisrael, there are all kinds of halachas that govern how to deal with the imperfections. But I'm saying in other words, if Parshish Masay is not just a story of history, but Parshish Masay is a prediction of reality, which is that over the course of a day and of a lifetime, we make many stops, 42 journeys, and only our 43rd journey is into Eretz Yisrael. When the Torah describes being in an Eretz Yisrael that needs to be protected. For example, one of the things in our Pasha, which follows immediately after, the Torah says the 42 journeys, yes? Then the next Pasuk says, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, destroy the idol worship that's there. Because if you don't destroy the idol worship, that's an Yisrael, which means, you come into Yisrael, you've gone through 42 journeys, you're in the 33rd journey, you're in the Holy Land, I thought, once you come into Yisrael, it's over. You come into Yisrael, you still have to deal with Yisrael. And of course, the question becomes, when Mashiach comes, which means that on some level you've completed the 42 journeys over the course of all of history. You come into Eretz Yisrael, you open up the Pasha, the same Pasha again. Mashiach came already. And the Torah says you have to get rid of the Aved Zara because you don't get rid of the Aved Zara will be an obstacle to you. Kum said on every Madrege, after you finish the 42 journeys and you come to the, to the Holy Land, there's still an additional union of 42 journeys. And that's what Pasha's Masih is about. It talks about the, the, the cycle of, of life and days and history and how the idea is that no matter how many times you achieve a perfection there's always a perfection beyond it of course in our passion you have again the B'nai Tzlofchot and their love of Eretz Yisrael which is of course the positive half that's not dealing with a negative it's only the positive half it's the, the love of the Holy Land in other words when you finish with the struggles and the journeys but you also have a lot of discussions that even though you've come into Eretz Yisrael, the 42 journeys exist on a higher level. And one of the things, and I was thinking about it a lot this, this year, even before I chose this Maimir, is that in Pashas Masa you have the story of Ari Miklat, Bariches. The laws about killing, which appear in the Tatum many times, beginning of course with Aseris Adibris, Leititzach, do not murder. And since then you have in Pashas Mishpatim, you have halachas of murder in Pashas Bahar you have halachas of murder and I'm sure there are other Pashas which I'm not or Pashas Emeir I'm sorry it's not Pashas Emeir you have halachas of Aditeach and probably in a few other places certainly in Sefer Dvorim in Pashas Mishayftim you have halachas of murder but probably our Pasha is the most developed discussion in the whole Teda about the Yinav and Nefesh of killing somebody purpose and by accident whether it's made from metal or it's not made from metal these are all in our passion and of course one of the things that's discussed in our passion is Ari Miklat Ari Miklat means a refuge a person who is in fact someone who murders but he didn't do it wantonly he didn't do it with intent it was a mistake now understand that a mistake doesn't mean an accident an accident is not considered a shaygik an accident someone is killed accidentally you don't have to go to the city of the refuge accident in Tatum means you have a certain amount of liability 
For example, according to some opinions, you wanted to kill Reuven and you killed Shimon, you go to Ari Miklach. You wanted to kill. And then there are many different cases. Shaking doesn't mean an accident. Shaking means negligence. I'm responsible for the death of 20 and plenty because I wasn't responsible. I didn't behave as I'm supposed to. A, a complete accident, oinus, doesn't go to Ari Miklach. That's the din. That's the halach. So the sin of the refuge are dealing with a person who's a murderer, who's, who has a certain liability, what they call in our culture manslaughter as opposed to murder. Manslaughter means it happened because of negligence. And you have to go to the sin of the refuge, to go to Ari Miklach. What's the posh of the taich of Ari Miklach? The posh of the taich of Ari Miklach is it protects you. The chasidus of Ari Miklach is that it heals you, that it cures you. In other words, Ari Miklach can be translated as a refuge, as an escape. Chasidus loves to translate Ari Miklach not as an escape, but as a center of absorption. It absorbs you, it takes you in. The difference between a shmita, between a protection, and an absorption is the difference between being protected from bad elements and being healed from the negative elements. And in our past, you have a quite lengthy discussion on the idea of Ari Miklach. Now, so we had a Vatayin on the Pasha, which is always very, very good. In other words, I, I mamish feel that in a certain way, this is the end of the Tehidah. Seyfet Bamidbar is the end of the is a whole new Tehidah. And why it occurs connected to Shabbos, Menachem, Av, and all the rest, these are next year's Divide Tehidah, yes? Uh, but it also ties into the mind. We have a Seyidah to learn my Marmad Rebbe on Fridays. Let me say this first. Thank you all for coming. I am so moved. Every time I come here and there are people here in the middle of the summer, it blows my mind. It's beautiful. I get to teach, which I love. And uh, people want to learn Taira, which the Abishta loves. So this is, I, I bet it's, it's, it's such an incredible thing that people come to learn on a day like today, on a Friday morning. And I'm not telling you stories. I'm learning with you Hasidus, which is not exactly so easy. So I, to me, it's unbelievable. Every time I walk in, I see people. But okay, we learn my modern every Friday with Hashem Salbalina did. And we learned the my modern from 1985, Tafshin Memhe. Why is that important? But we have this Seder. Not every Shabbos is a minor. In other words, there are Shabbos is the Rebbe didn't say my modern, maybe he did Fabreng, whatever. So what do I do when it comes a week like this week, Pashas Matas Masi, and there's no mind Tafshin Memhe? So usually I have bills to pay. I owe you from the last week because we're always catching. It happens that all our bills were paid. We paid all our bills. Gimel Tammuz, Yibayi Tammuz, we paid all our bills. So this week and next week, Matas Masi and Dvorim, there's no Maimor of Tafshim Memhe. So we have to find a Maimor to supplement. So last summer I learned with you the Maimor from 1951, from Tafshim Yudalaf. I don't want to learn them twice. So this is a Maimor from 1952, which means this Maimor is 61 years old. And it's a Maimor about Ari It's a Maimor about the sea as a refuge. And it ties into the Hakdama that I gave you perfectly. And of course, when I gave you the introduction, I knew what I was going to follow, so I, uh, I exploited it, you understand? I put the two things together. The Parsha and the Maimed, the idea that the Parsha describes, describes the journey of life. And that even when you come to an end, there's a journey in that end. And even when you come to the end of that end, there'll right there be a journey. And in each higher step, as you journey, you have to deal with obstacles. You have to eradicate Avedah Zorah. There are events of Hepachachayim, there are concepts of the opposite of life that need to be addressed by going to a city of refuge, which on a lower level only protects you, but on a higher level heals you. And that's what this Maimon is about. Now, we're not going to finish this Maimon in one sitting, not happening. It's nine pages, as you can see, which is long. My plan is to finish it on Sunday, the second hour. We'll learn Tanya. I may not. It may take me three classes, and if it does, it'll be next week, either Thursday or Friday, that I'll tell them my mood and my time. Because this takes a lot of time. This doesn't happen in five minutes. But as is our tendency, I'm not learning the Maimon in order. I'm learning the Maimon in such a way where, number one, every class will be semi-self-contained. And number two, I'm hoping that uh, it will be helpful to people to come over to come and take and, so to speak, wrap their minds around. I'm not saying that this is easy, but I'm hoping that it's a little bit useful, comprehensible. That's my intent. That's my hope. And as I'm preparing this mime this morning, I'm thinking how the Rebbe, when he became a Rebbe, recited Hasidus. <laughs> he said Hasidus over in a, in a very compact way. He's a beautiful mime, so wonderful. Because the Rebbe addresses fundamentals, mamish, but in such a concentrated and concise way 
that in a sitting, in an hour, you get something real. You don't have to wait 25 hours and read 100 pages. This is what the Rebbe did. Now, as always, uh, we don't know the Maimed in order, because if we did, then you wouldn't need me. Um, and on a more practical level, it would be much more difficult to comprehend. So I'm dividing up this Maimed, like I said, into two parts, hopefully. Today we're starting from the middle, and we're going to learn one idea. It's the idea that the Rebbe explores... Uh, what's the difference between Kedusha and Klippa? And in Mitzvah Hashem, next time, we'll do the other thing in this Maimir, which is, but the question becomes, where did Klippa come from? And finally, how was Klippa? Uh, Shem and Vov, please. This is where we're starting. I'm starting in the middle. Like I said, what we're going to do is today, I'm going to teach you one idea, and on Sunday, I'll teach you either two ideas or one idea, depending on how the time goes. Shin Memvav, Sivvav, Ubir In. I want to explain to you the following concept. Dehine Yadua, I would like you to know, Klolos HaHefresh Ben Kedusha LeKlipa. What is the difference between Kedusha and Klipa? The Rebbe has a very simple question. Where does Kedusha exist from? The Eibishter. Where does Kalipa exist from? The Eibishter. If the Eibishter stops trading Kalipa, what happens? It disappears. If the Abish of Trading Kedusha, what happens? It disappears. Can you tell me the difference? Simple question. Okay? So, of course, if we went straight, we would not be us. Turn the page. Shim and test. Middle paragraph. The difference between Kedusha and Kleep is as follows. Shim and test. That in Kedusha, the first slide of the middle paragraph, Sheyesh Ba Inyan Habitl. You want to know the difference between Kedusha and Klippa? Both exist from the Eibishter. Both would disappear if the Eibishter stopped creating her. But there's a difference. Kedusha is Bittl. Masha'in came below Mazed. You have the place? If you don't, I'll be happy to show it again. As opposed to in Klippa. Harek. Av she'gam bahem yeshchai selekli. Klippa just like Kedusha. Lives from the Eibishter. Mikomokim nevertheless. Klippa refuses to be bubbled to godliness. Moreover, Klippa is the enemy of godliness. Therefore, the godliness which they possess is not able to poil Bohem to affect and them. Klippa exists. Why? God creates it. If God would stop creating it, Klippa would disappear. Kedusha exists. Why? God created. If God would stop creating it, it would disappear. What's the difference? The difference is in these two words. Kedusha exists in something called Kiyum Ha'atzmi. I'll explain to you what Kiyum Ha'atzmi means in a moment. Klippa does not have Kiyum Ha'atzmi. It has Kiyum, but not Kiyum Ha'atzmi. Kedusha not only has Kiyum, Kedusha has Kiyum Ha'atzmi. Okay? So we all see the simple. The simple is, what's the difference between Kedusha and Klippa? Nothing. The Ebishter makes this and the Ebishter makes this. If the Ebishter stops making this, they both disappear. But in as much as they exist now, Kedusha comes from the Ebishter, the Ebishter creates it every second, but there is a phenomenon called Kiyamati. Klippa comes from the Ebishter, the Ebishter every second, but there is not that phenomenon called Kiyamati. Now what does Kiyamati mean? So, go back to Shin Memvav. I'm continuing exactly where I stopped. Before. So it's Sivvov's second line. Shebe Gedusha in holiness, Yeshvam Chayas Atzmi. They have life that's called Atzmi. It's the same as the two words Kiyom Atzmi. Masha'in Kena Klippes as opposed to Klippes. Ein Lahem Chayas Atzmi. They don't live in a way that's called Atzmi. Vechol Chayesam Hu. And their whole life is. Masha'in Mekabla Be Kedusha. They receive from Kedusha. Ay, they Maisa Achet to an act of sin. These words, is Sunday's class, so let's make believe we didn't see them. But this is the difference between Kedusha and Klippa. Now let me give you a little introduction and then we're going to read. We need the Eibishter. Without the Eibishter, we have no Metis, right? A little child needs his father and his mother. Without his father and his mother, he's doomed. We need the Eibishter, yeah? Somehow, and quite obviously, we need the Eibishter more than we need our father and our mother. But if you don't have those dependencies, you stop existing. What happens when you become a dependent Matthias? A dependent. Tax return. You have to find dependence. Yeah. Dependence. The deductions. Yeah. What happens when you become a dependent? 
If you're a dependent, you're not really you. You're the one you are dependent on. If I need the Ebishter, I'm not me, I'm a Ebishter. The words Kiyomatsmi means I am dependent on the Ebishter. But the Ebishter has given me, for lack of words, a piece of himself. And the Ebishter has put into me a piece of himself. Because the Abish has put into me a piece of himself, although I exist from him, every moment of my existence is like in me there's a piece of him. In other words, as if I'm a piece of the Abish. Klippa doesn't have that. Kedusha lives from the Abish. Klippa lives from the Abish. But Klippa is plugged in with a wire and Hashem is feeding it. You cut that wire, it's finished. Kedusha, because of its bittle, which he just read, Hashem puts a piece of himself into the Kedusha. And therefore, this dependent being, this Kedusha, which exists in a dependent way, is as if it's the Ebishter himself. In other words, it's as if it has a certain type of truth, or to use a more simple term, as if Kedusha has a certain independence. The Ebishter has given me a piece of him, so I'm, I'm the Ebishter. I have reality of my own. So really, if you think about the difference between Kedusha and Klippa, it's not such a big difference. Both are dependent. Both disappear when the Ebishter stops creating them. The difference is only while we exist. Kedusha has something called Kiyomatsmi. Hashem has put into us a piece of Him. So we're like Him and not in Klippa. And the Rebbe divides this into three levels. Okay, let's read a bit later. Va'inyan Bazer, the idea is as follows. The question becomes, any movement I don't understand. Shem Klippa. Ein Lachayas Atzmi. Everybody knows Klippa does not exist from itself. It only exists because Hashem gives it life. Says Rabbi, I don't understand that it came to God. Same is true in holiness. Every point in Ishtashlus you'll ever visit, they don't have their own life. Everything they have, they get from Kedusha. Okay, skip one line. Then came, the question becomes three lines from the bottom of the page. Can you tell me, please, what's the difference between Kedusha and Klippa? Kedusha is not real, Klippa is not real. Kedusha exists because of God, Klippa exists. What's the difference? And for the Rebbe, three lines from the bottom of the page. The way Kedusha is created, like Klippa, needs the Abishta's will. As the Rambam says, when he says the Pasek Hashem Elakim Emes, the Abishta is Emes. Says the Rambam, only the Abishta is Emes. And besides for the Abishta, nothing else is Emes. In other words, if I exist, it's not from me. If I exist, it's from the Abishta. It really doesn't matter if I'm a good guy or a bad guy, so what's the difference? Okay? Now I want you to go to Shin, Mem, Zayim, eight lines from the top of the page. There's a very big difference between the dependency in Kedusha and the dependency in Kedusha. Anything in Kedusha you're going to touch. And the Rebbe says Kedusha gets divided into three groups. There's three levels of Kedusha. Number one, Godly light is Kedusha. Number one. Number two, Kalim. The vessels of godliness are also Kedush. And number three, the third thing is Neshamas. And the Rebbe says, and these three words should create a storm. Light is one thing, vessels the second thing. Neshamas is a little bit of light, a little bit of vessels. I don't know what this means. Although they're dependent upon the Eivishter, they exist in a fashion that is called Kiyom Atzmi. Kiyom Atzmi means the Eivishter gives me existence. I'm dependent upon him in such a way that there's a piece of Eivishter in me. And because Eivishter is in me, even though I need him every second to be, every second that I am, I'm him. So I'm real. Klippa also exists from the Eivishter. But the Eivishter doesn't put a piece of himself into Klippa. And therefore Klippa is dependent upon the Eivishter. But there's no reality to Klippa because it's just that wire that's their truth. They themselves don't have it. Okay, do and he brings a lashon from Sidir, which we say every morning in Davani. It says in Sidir, the Pirish Mashakasa, who Kayam, he exists. Ushmei Kayam, his name exists. The Chisay Nochen and his throne has been prepared. On these three ideas, who Kayam, Shmei Kayam, 
וכיסא נוחם מצטרצי חסידס, שהוא קיים קויל העצמס, he means the אבשטר, but, ובפרטי יציאי סלב, he exists means godliness exists. ושמוי קיים קויל הכלם, his name exists means the vessels exist. וכיסא נוחם קויל משל מצטרצל, his seat, his throne is big as an ashram. So these three statements, who קיים, he exists means godliness exists. Ushmai Kaim, his name exists, means the vessels exist. Vechisei Nochem means his throne is prepared, means Neshamas exist. What about Klippa? Klippa also exists. But they don't exist on a level of Kayim, Kayim, and Nochem. Because Klippa exists because there's a wire to Kedusha. Kedusha exists because not there's a wire to Kedusha. There's the Abish that in Kedusha. And I showed you why. Because Kedusha has Bittl. When you're humble, when you're open, the Abish that rests. So although our existence, just like Klippa's existence, is dependent and not independent, but every moment of our dependent being is Kayom and Nochein, because the Abish to himself is in us. And he gets mystical with us. The Rebbe explains it. This is a Vizlatifer. What I'm about to share with you is already a deeper idea. The Rebbe goes into the concept of godliness. Godliness. I'll say it to you, Bekitzer, in the Agdom, and then I'll read it with you inside. When we talk about godly light, we use the expression, means the light reflects the source. The light is attached to the source. Godliness exists because it's attached to the source. You cut off God, the source stops existing. The light of the Abishter is attached to the Abishter, that's its existence. The light of the Abishter is revealing the Abishter. I always tell you this. If you would meet godliness, you'd find it to be very boring. Godliness has nothing to say. If you would meet godliness, all godliness would say is welcome to my source. Godliness does not have an I. Godliness doesn't say, I went on vacation. I rested in chesed. <laughs> he says, I'm representing my boss. That's all. God's whole material is that revealing the Ebishter. So the light of the Ebishter, the reflection of the Ebishter, nothing else. But the Alter Rebbe has a Chiddush. It's a Chiddush Alter Rebbe in Tanya, which is the basis for so much of Hasidus, including this. Alter Rebbe says, when you say that the light of the Ebishter reflects the Ebishter, it reflects everything of the Ebishter, including the independence. In other words, in light, you don't only have the reflection of the Ebishter, you have the Ebishter himself. Because light reflects the Ebishter, and therefore in light, you have not only the light of the Ebishter, the reflection of the Ebishter, but the Ebishter himself, that makes light real. So long as godly light exists, because the Abishta, which is referred to exist, it's not only dependent, there's the Abishta in the light that makes it called Chayazatsmi and Kiyomat. And that's what the Rebbe is going to explain. I'll try to make this as simple as possible. It says the Rebbe is follows. The idea is as follows. The question is Shadayadu, all of us know, Shaha'ir, Shalamayla, godly light, who Kamesha cut me ahead, and once did not exist. But it doesn't say once did not exist. It says, come on, it was as if it once didn't exist. Why? Because of the Abishta once, there's no light. I'll ask you a question. If the sun decided tomorrow that they shouldn't shine light, what would happen? Stupid question. If the sun decided tomorrow that there shouldn't be light, what would happen? The answer is the sun doesn't make any decision. That's the answer. <laughs> the sun was put there by God. If you want to be more immediate, by the Malach of the sun. The sun doesn't make any decisions. If there is a sun, there's light. But not because there's an Abishta is there light. If the Abishta wants, there's not light. Let's read it inside. You can't compare physical light to supernal light. The sun down here. What is the sun? That it shines light. There should be light. If the sun stops producing light, it stops being a sun. In the fancy language of Hasidus, the sun is shining light by Hechrech. The sun was never asked, do you want to produce light? That's what it does. Which means the light is not coming from the sun. The light is coming from the Eishtah. Correct? It's coming through the sun, but the sun doesn't have a say in the matter. The sun was never asked, would you like to shine light? The came therefore, six lines from the bottom of the page, the moment there is a sun, Yeshner, there's light. Light and the sun are two things. But light is not really coming from the sun. Light is really coming from the creator of the sun who says to the sun, you will shine light. Now, what's the nimshal to the sun? The Eibishter. 
What's the nimshal to the sun's light? Godliness. Is it the same? You can't say that, right? Because nobody created the Abish the last time I checked, right? Masha'in, Kain Lamailu, we talking about godliness. If the Abish the wishes, there is no light. In other words, Shetalar Betani is Barak Dafti, it exists, but Abish wants it to exist. And the Rebbe goes into a whole philosophy which I'm going to skip. That if the Abish there wanted, there would not be air. Turn to page Shin Mem Ches. Please. First line from the top of the page, the Imke. And if it's true that if the Abish there wished, there wouldn't be light. Second line from the top, when you talk about the Abish there, you cannot say that because there's a God, there's to be godliness. That's not true. It's a foolish thing to say. Godliness existed. But if the Abishta wanted godliness to not exist, it wouldn't exist. So even when it does exist, it's what we call in our culture Chiddush. God's creating it. Now, if the Abishta is creating it, light is dependent upon the Abishta. If the Abishta is creating it, and light is dependent upon the Abishta, Klippa is the same thing. Klippa, the Abishta creates, is dependent upon the Abishta. What makes Kedusha different than Klippa? Godliness is created by God, just like Klippa is created by God. And the answer is, Achain, you know, three lines. From the top of page Shimon Ches, the answer is Shekolzeh, that the idea that when God creates light, it's dependent upon light, because light doesn't really exist. It's Kedem Sheyesh Nemetziah before the Abishah created it. Before the Abishah created light, it didn't exist. Before the Abishah created Klippa, Klippa didn't exist. But now that the Abishah created light, and now that the Abishah created Klippa, they're not the same. Here's the difference. Avomitzad Retzene Yizborach Yeshneheh. The Abishta wants for light to exist. Says the Rebbe, but you should know. This godliness that the Abishta creates, who atmi, exists as though from itself. In other words, the Abishta is creating godliness. But the Abishta is God in such a way that in the godly light you have God Himself. Because in the godly light you have God Himself, that makes that light real. Klippa doesn't have it. God creates Klippa. But God creates Klippa in such a way that there's no God in the Klippa. There is only dependency in the Klippa. The key, one, four lines in the top of the page, sin, the light, the reflection of the source. The light of God reflects God. Hine, therefore, call on Yonim Sheshna Bemoyed, Klayochal, every property the Abishta possesses, Yeshna Yagam the light itself possesses. And again, this is not a Kabbalistic idea, this is a Chiddush in Tanya. Never said before the Yalta Rebbe. And the Chiddush is as follows. That when the Abishta creates godly light, in the godly light, you don't have only the infinity of the Abishta, you have the Abishta himself. Since the Abishta, Mitzvah is real, is independent being. What does God depend on? The answer is himself. The same is true of the light. It's completely one with the Abishta. This complete oneness with the Abishta means dependency. I need him. But completely one with the Abishta means much more than dependency. I need the Abishta, but the Abishta has put himself into me. And because the Abishta puts himself into me, my dependence upon him is not the pshat. Every second I'm hanging on for life. I'm living because the Abishta is in me. In the oil, you have In the godly light, you have the idea of the Abishta himself. And since in the godly light of the Abishta himself, you have a very strange thing here. Who was more connected? Light of the Abishta to the Abishta or Klippa to the Abishta? Of course, light of the Abishta is much more connected to, Klippa, to the Abishta than Klippa is. Ironically, light of the Abishta, because it's so connected to the Abishta, has a certain type of independence, a certain type of reality. Because since light is so connected to the Abishta, you have the Abishta in the light. Not the Abishta is here and the light is here. The light comes from the Abishter, and in the light you have the Abishter himself because of this property of Bittl. And the Rebbe goes on to say, He brings what it says in Tanya, and I'm going to save it for you because I don't want to be more confusing than I need to be. Skip three lines. Vahainu is the beginning of the line, and it's underlined. Vahainu, this means, Even though godliness by itself, once did not exist, or at least, Exists in a way that once it should, didn't need to exist. But you know why you call the light of the Abish the light? Because the light of the Abish is not the Abish, it's only a reflection of the Abish. Skip a line, but Nesha called my head that it once did not exist, where it once could have not existed. 
Right? In other words, light of the Ebishter is not the Ebishter. Light of the Ebishter needs the Ebishter. Right? You know what we call the light of the Ebishter in fancy language? Ayin. There's no such thing. Light is only a reflection of the Ebishter. What do we call the Ebishter? Yesh. What does Yesh mean? The Ebishter is real. What does real mean? I don't need anything to be but me. What is light? I have no being except what I need, which is the Ebishter. Says the Rebbe, nevertheless, Mikomakim, nevertheless. Lihiyaisai is the first word on the line. I am now eight lines from the end of the paragraph on page Samach. Shimem Ches. Lihiyaisai me'ena moed. The light is attached to Hashem. Yeshgam boy ha'inyan. So in the light you also have Mitzusai, Matzmusai, the Abishta himself. So before the Abishta created Kedusha, it didn't exist. Before the Abishta created Klippa, it didn't exist. Now that the Abishta creates Kedusha, it needs the Abishta. Now the Abishta creates Klippa, it needs the Abishta. But that's where the similarities end. Because Kedush is bottled to the Ebishter, it needs the Ebishter, but it has the Ebishter inside of itself. It makes it real. Klippa also needs the Ebishter, but it refuses to be bottled of the Ebishter. So there can't be Ebishter inside of itself. Ebishter is someplace else. So its existence is a lie. That's the Gedang. It's a philosophical thought that, that's, like I said, has many ramifications, but this is enough for us. V'zehu, when this means, Shaha'ayah, that the Eid himself, godly light, once it was created, Harukayim b'kiyamatzmi, it exists as though from itself. Nothing exists from himself, except for the Eid himself. Everything needs God. But Kedusha has God inside of itself. So it's as if it's existing from itself, because the Eid is inside godliness. Now goes number two. Rabbi said, you lost the place. I am six lines from the end of the paragraph on Kmechim Emchas. The vessels of godliness are the same way. Now, I wrote a footnote on the margin, which uh, you will not be able to understand for many reasons, beginning with the fact that my handwriting is officially and actually illegible. I sometimes read what I wrote and then I say, so what does it say here? So don't worry about it. I have a question on what the Rebbe is going to say in the mind. But the Rebbe avoids a lot of. Kabbalistic complexities by saying something very simple. He says, The vessels of godliness also exist as they have to have the Abishtin inside themselves. Why? Because vessels as a rule, especially the vessels of Atsilos, their idea is the vessels of Atsilos connect to the light. The vessels by themselves are like Klippa, they need the Abishtin. But because the vessels receive the light, and the light is Kedusha, which goes inside of themselves, since the light is like the source. In other words, that although the light takes everything it has and gets from the Ebishter, but it takes everything it has, it gets from the Ebishter in such a way that the Ebishter himself is in the light. When the light goes into the vessel, it's transferred to the vessel as well. The vessel is not only getting from the Ebishter, the vessel is getting from the Ebishter as if the Ebishter is in the vessel, and the vessel becomes real. therefore in vessels as well, as if the vessels exist directly from the Ebishter, as if the vessels don't only exist in a dependent way upon the Ebishter, as if the Ebishter is in vessels. Like I said to you before, there's a much more complicated way to explain this, the Rebbe avoids this. Second line from the bottom, and the same is come from a combination of light and vessels, and this is homework for a month. Therefore, in other words, Rabbi Isai, Kedusha goes under three categories. What about Teda and Mitzvahs? I don't know, but let's say Eid is Teda and Mitzvahs are Caleb. Let's say. Okay. It's to a great degree true. But Kedusha goes into three categories. Oyev, Keli, Nishamus. And in Siddha it's called Hu Kayam, He means the light. Shmai Kayam, His name exists, which goes on the vessels. The Chisei Nochen, His throne, His seat, has been prepared, it goes on Nishamus, His throne. All three of these categories share a very unique characteristic. They're not only connected to God, they have God in them. Klippa is connected to God, but doesn't have God. So when the Maimah began with a question, the question is, Kedusha is created by the Ebishter, Klippa is created by the Ebishter. Hashem stopped creating Kedusha, disappears. Hashem stopped creating Klippa, disappears. What's the big difference? And the answer is, as long as Kedusha exists, the Ebishter is in Kedusha, so the Kedusha is like the Ebishter. But as long as Klippa exists, the Ebishter is not in Klippa. So even while it exists, it's a lie. 
That's the difference. Continues the Rebbe. V'tam hadover. The reason for this is lefisha yesh pahem inyan abitul. Light has bitul to the yevishter. Vessels has bitul to the yevishter. Neshamas has bitul to the yevishter. Klipa's whole identity is what Klipa is a bratty child. Everything he has, he gets from his parents, and all he does is diss them, which means disrespect for them. But also, the people are too old to understand the flag. Everything gets everything from Abish and he spits in the hand that feeds him. That's Klippa. And the Rebbe explains. Hashem, his light, and his vessels are one. Now, listen to this. Ihu, he means the light. Chayoyi, which literally means the light, he makelem is the vessels. Vegalmoyi, and the vessels is nishomis. Now this is Kabbalistic stuff. Let's not worry about it. Bottom line is iyu chayoyi, and gamoyi means light vessels nishomis. Kedusha is in three categories. Light vessel nishomis. All three categories share this property that because they're bittel, they're open, they're vulnerable to the eibushted. They only get from the eibushted. They have the eibushted in them. Klipa doesn't have this. Dehine ha'oyed. Eight lines from the bottom of the page. The whole idea of light is the dependency upon the Eibishter. And this dependency upon the Eibishter is not only I need God, but I submit to God. Light of the Eibishter doesn't only say I need you Eibishter. It's I want you Eibishter, I want to give myself to you. This bitter of oil makes that light does only get from the Eibishter, but it has the Eibishter inside of himself. Now, two lines from the bottom of the page. The same is true of the vessels. They're bittled to the light. And therefore they're bittled to the Yebishter. And the last line on the page, it says, The same is true also of the Shames. So the bittle of light, the bittle of vessels, the bittle of the Shames affects that not only does God create them, but that God is within them. And because God is within them, they are like God. They're real. And He brings you a beautiful raya from the Shomes that all of us know. You should know Oyer, Keli, and even the Shomes. You know what Kiyamatsu means? It's as if they're God. How do you see in a year that He's a, if it's God? Push it. Nefesh. When a Yid gives everything away he has to the Ebishter. Why is He doing it? Because He's giving it away to Himself. And the Rebbe brings the ether of the Medrash. Everybody knows this Medrash. The Pasuk says, The Neshama of a Yid says, The Ebishter is mine. Nafshi, my Neshama says, I am the Ebishter. So the Medrash brings Marshal Amalek. For example, a king, Shinichnas the Medina, comes into a country. He comes along with dukes and with all kinds of noble people, all of people with these fancy feathers in their fur hats. From one person says, I want to be chum chum with one of the dukes. This means I want to live together with him. The other one says, I want to be chum chum with some other noble person. There's one smart guy. He says, I want to live with the king. Now understand how this works. This is politics. It's the government, yeah? What does everybody want? A piece of the action. A piece of the pie. You want access to the bowl, yeah? You're closer to the bowl, yeah? You can feed, yeah? Here's a king running a country. He comes to a city. So people say to the Pochitazach, how can I get maximum from this visit? So he says, I'm going to get to know the king's butler. I'm going to go get the king's chauffeur. I'm going to get to know the king's secretary. Why? Because once you're close, you can sort of, yeah? And one guy says, I want to get to know the king. What are you going to get from the king? What's the answer? Gunish. You can't, how do you leech off a king? The secretary of the king can say to the secretary of the king, I'll do you a favor, give me a little. But the king is not taking bribes. The king isn't showing favoritism, he's the king. So all of these guys say to themselves, I have access to the king, let me figure out how I can get a piece of the action. And one guy says, I don't want pieces, I want the king. What are you going to have for it? Your wallet is going to grow? There's going to be a kickback? Huh? You're going to get a government contract? What are you going to get for a relationship with the king? You're going to get nothing. But you're going to have the king. What else is there? So most people make a consideration, who needs King Shming? I want a piece of the action. I want to be next to the trough. I want to be next to the bowl. I'll feed. Kumsa gave Pikachet and says, listen, they'll get rich. I'll live forever. You get it? They'll get rich. 
or whatever they've eaten will be exhausted or be depleted. I will live forever. What's the nimshal? All the nations of the world have a relationship with the Avishta where they think that they're leeching. You understand? They're fooling the Avishta. And Ayid says, I don't want I don't want to eat from the king. I want the king. What am I gonna get? I'm gonna get nothing. You can't bribe the king. But you'll have the Abishta himself. Right? That's the is So the Rebbe says, the the king is never replaced. And everybody else is replaced. So the Rebbe, the Malkainim is The king is never replaced as the Abishta. And of course the Abishta exists forever. Four lines from the end of the paragraph. A yid, kedusha. And kedusha goes in three categories: light vessels, neshamas. All three of these categories say, "I want a connection to the king. What am I going to have for it? The king. Is it going to make me rich? Am I going to have a big house in Beverly Hills? Am I have an agent newspapers? No, no, because I'm not. The lashon is achilas pras. I'm not taking a piece. I'm not trying to leech from the back." I want the king himself. The king himself is not going to make me rich. The king himself is not going to make me popular. Kid the man in the paper. He's going to make me king. But not king, I become a macher. Fuck it. He's going to make me king, I am bottle to the macher. And in bittle to the macher, you're macher. <laughs> That's the whole word of Kedusha. Umitada bittle the Yisrael at Musa Yisbarach. He's not bottle to the Yisrael. Yes, ben gam kein ho inyan de kiyomatri. That means, Rabbi Yisai, the Eivishter himself is in every year. What do you have for it? Nothing. Nothing. It's not going to make you rich, not going to make you smart, but you have everything. You're alive. You're a piece of the Eivishter. And that's why you have to be smart. You see, why do you have to be smart? Because I, I want to live in society. In society, who's popular? The rich and the powerful. Being connected to the Eivishter is not making you rich, it's not making you powerful. Forget it, it's making you nothing. But it's making you real. And the Pikach says, I want a connection to the Eivishter, even though I'm not going to be able to finagle. I'm not going to be able to take a shtickle. Ayit says, My chalik is the Eivishter himself. The portion that Ayit chooses is the whole thing. It's the Eivishter himself. Ayit is only a shtickle of the Eivishter. But Bekivan Shechelki Avaya Amra Nafsha Yid says my portion is Eibishter himself. In other words, a Yid is a Chelak Avaya Lachemu Bekiyamatsu. So you hear the voice people learning a Maimir, and the Maimir is really asking a fundamental question: What's the big difference between Kedusha and Klipa? Neither are independent; both can die. So what's the difference? Kedusha and Klipa both need Eibishter. Kedusha and Klipa both disappear when Hashem decides. So what's the difference? And the answer is, what happens in between when God creates and when God destroys you? Klipa's hanging on. Kedusha is the Eibishter. Last paragraph. Siv Zayinah. O klolos ha-hefresh ben Kedusha Klipa's. To say it in summary. In summation. If you want to know the difference between Kedusha and Klipa, though both are dependent and both can stop existing, it's Begimel and Yonam. There's three differences between Kedusha and Klipa. Number one, how they come from the Eivishta. Number two, means how they exist. And number three, means the nature of their existence. And the Rebbe is going to spell out three points. Three points. Number one, the idea is, everything exists from the Eivishta's will. Right? Klippa also exists from the Eivishta's will. Yeah? The Ebishta wants Kedusha, the Ebishta wants Klippa, yeah, but there's a very big difference. Why does the Ebishta want Klippa? Why does the Ebishta want Klippa? So we should destroy it, that's why. Why does the Ebishta want Kedusha? Because he wants Kedusha, that's why. So both exist because the Ebishta wants. But one's want is, the Rebbe brings a Lashon HaMedish, four lines from the bottom, I don't really like it. The Ebishta says, I made you and I can't stand you. So why are you making me if you can't stand you? I want the Jew to come along and transform it or destroy it. A yid is Dain Hanyanli, Davishta wants him. So second line from the bottom of the page, If you want to know the difference between how a yid, the root of a yid and the root of Klipa, the Abishta says to Gadusha, I want you to live forever. I'm putting myself into you. Live. Turn the page in noon now. I don't really want it. So both exist. One exists to exist. 
The other one exists to be modified. That's where they come from. Now goes number two. How they're created this difference. Says the Rebbe, says, How did Hashem create Kedusha? In Kedusha, Hashem Himself is revealed. Since Kedusha is bottled to the Ebishte, it's created in such a way, a Yid is bottled to the Ebishte, in Him He feels the Ebishte. Mashenkin is having a clip as four lines from the top as opposed to clipper. It exists. It gets from the Eibushter, and the last thing it wants to know is to know that it's Eibushter. Because the moment Klipa realizes that it's Eibushter, it's finished. Oh, it's brittle. Oh, it's yeshes. Klipa is like I said, a bratty child. He takes everything he gets from his parents, but he has to maintain an ingratiation. An ingratiation. He has to always be angry. You know, come to your parents, you snuggle up and say, "Give me a chvez ross, a new car." But before the dust is settled, you find another reason to still be angry at them, and they're giving you the car and begging you not to be so angry, and you're angry anyway. And that anger is needed because you don't want to become, you don't want to acknowledge dependency. So you keep the game. You need them, yeah. So you gotta stay in their in their crosshairs. But you want to always be able to say, "Ah, you're a terrible parent," because <laughs> the moment you're a good parent, they said, "Then you were you." So Klippa exists from the Eibishter in such a way that it can't know the Eibishter. It knows the Eibishter. So this is the second point. Let's talk it through. The first point is, God created Kedusha for Kedusha to be Kedusha. God created Klippa for Klippa to stop being Klippa. Number one. Number two. God created Kedusha and Kedusha knows the Eibishter. God created Klippa and Klippa's whole reality is the denial of that truth. Which leads to number three. Five lines of the Torah. And from this... Yeshgam, Hefet, Efet, Yuman. Kedusha and Klippa exist in different ways. Sheba Kedusha and Kedusha. Sheisavos Agilachai. Since Hashem is revealed into Kedusha, Hareizepeil Bo'akiyom Atzmi. This means that in Kedusha, not only is there a revelation of the Ebeshter, but there's a piece of Ebeshter. And because the Kedusha is a piece of Ebeshter, the Kedusha is Ebeshter. Masha'in came by Klippas and Klippas. Sheisavusa. That their creation, Eina the Gilachayas. Hashem can't be revealed in Klippas. But Klippas doesn't want to acknowledge that dependency. It lifts from the Eibishter and denies its Eibishter. They're not real. Klippas exists in an independent way. It needs Eibishter. It's not really itself. It's the Eibishter. This is today's class. Now I know this is a little bit hard, but understand, we learned something very basic. We got to the bedrock. Tell me the difference in Kedusha and Klippas. Both of them are not God. Both of them need God. Both of them will eventually disappear. What's the difference? The answer is what's the Abishta's thought when creating it? What's the nature of its relationship with Abishta? And what's the nature of its existence? Kedusha is not dependent upon Abishta, it's Abishta. Now, what are we going to do on Sunday? The next line. V'chol kabolus chayes magedusha de maisachet. Rabbi say you should know until Adam and Chave ate from the eight sadas, there was no klipu. Klipa is an invention of the original sin. Now you'll find out on Sada this is not so simple, but this is the Nikudu. Kedusha, there was no Klipa. Klipa was created by other Machabe making the original Aveda. I will see you on Sunday.